morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day. I know that um, Father's Day is just a really special holiday, but it also brings a lot of emotion for some people. And um, so I want to acknowledge that. Um, but I'm also really, really grateful that I have my dad here. And uh, so can I just brag about my dad for one second? <laughs> dad, I, I shared this with you at the beach already, but you could hear it a million times, and I could tell you a million times that I am just so proud of you, and I love you. And we are talking today about a woman that Paul honors and affirms because she is, I like to call her the ultimate church lady. She loves the church so passionately. And you, Dad, have given your life to the church. And the Lord has gifted you with um, the ability to envision and create just a, an absolutely beautiful modern church. And that is the river. And I look around and, you know, being here, being on the beach, we are a really special group. And I don't take it for granted that this is, is my church family and our church home. And I hope you don't either. And I know that it's the Lord's favor on you and on mom and that it's been, you know, a lot of years, 14 years to be exact, of, um, of people's work and contribution and partnership with you in building this church. But without your faithfulness and your yes to the Lord, um, trusting him, leading you out of a successful career in real estate and from one church to another, um, you have believed that what God has for you is better than what you imagined for yourself, and you've trusted it. And so you've said yes, and you'd, you've allowed him to lead you, and I'm so proud of that. And I, I hope to be the kind of parent that trusts that what God has for me is better than what I can imagine for myself. And so um, I love you, Dad. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really proud of you. I love you. I'm proud of you. And I want to preach because you preach. So here we are. Sorry, a little feedback. I'll stay on my stay in my spot. Um, today we're going to talk about a woman from the book of of the book of Romans who is like you in a lot of ways. She loves the church, and Paul loves her because she loves the church. And God loves the church. And everybody loves the church. So will you open with me to Romans 16? We are going to talk about the church this morning. We're going to talk about this body, this community. Grab, I hope, I love seeing everybody kind of all bunched in together in the shade. Uh, and we're going to read just a couple of verses here. We're going to sit in a couple of verses. And I want you to mentally prepare to engage in this service because I will call on you. We are going to have some sharing time, and it's going to be, um, yeah, just an awesome opportunity for us to communicate with each other and encourage each other as the body of Christ should and does. So Romans 16, verses 1 and 2, let's read it together. It says this, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centria. I commend to you our sister Phoebe a servant of the church at Centria, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. For she herself has been a helper of many 
and of myself as well. I love that Paul opens the final chapter of the book of Romans. This is a glimpse, as I like to say, into Paul's soft spot. He opens the final chapter of the book of Romans. He spends this entire last chapter, this masterful explanation of the gospel that is the book of Romans. And this chapter is all about people. It's affirmation of people. It's acknowledgement of people. It's praise and commendation. It's greeting. And I love that we see Paul as a people person. And I, I like to think that Paul would fit in at the river because he has a vision that is so clear this is what God is leading me to do, and I'm going to pursue it, and I'm going to follow it and say yes to it. And at the same time, he's got all of these relationships, and he's recognizing his ministry partnerships, and that his ministry cannot happen without the church. Paul's ministry could not have happened without the people that he recognizes in Romans chapter 16. And the first person that he chooses to recognize is a woman of all people, Phoebe, this widow. And so, um, you know, it's pretty profound. It's pretty profound, and it's, it's making a statement that Paul says, greet so-and-so, greet so-and-so, greet so-and-so. Look further down in the text in Romans chapter 16. We're going to get into these, a few more of these people in the, the next few um, sermons in this show you series where we are exemplifying the values of, of what we've been talking about, the art of following Jesus in uh, the last few months at the river. And so we're going to get into those, those other, some of these other people. I know my mom is going to share somebody in there, Priscilla and Aquila maybe. Is that right? So my point, Paul says, greet them, greet them, greet them. What does he say about Phoebe? Look at your text with me. Verse 1, he says, I commend her to you. I entrust her to you. I affirm her. I honor. I recognize. I praise this woman, Phoebe, the first one. It says she is our sister in Christ. Obviously, she is not a physical sister. She is not Paul's sister. He's talking about a sister of the faith. And this is a, this is a nod to, I mean, the, the concept that, that Scripture says we are one in Christ, neither slave nor free, Jew or Gentile, male or female. These are some of the biggest opposing, uh, contrasting categories. And Paul says, we are one. This is our sister. This is our family. And family was such an important thing in this time, in this culture. And Paul says, I want you to treat her like a sister. Am I missing something good? I, I know the bird shows off as soon as somebody gets up, up here to preach. I like to think of it as maybe like a divine sign. If you're online, you're missing it. All the action. You don't need to go to the beach for dolphins. We got... All right. <laughs> I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Um, but I do, I do have a couple more things to say about Phoebe. And so, um, and so I love. I love that Paul is, is speaking to an inclusivity that is absolutely countercultural. He is recognizing and honoring this woman, this woman first, and, and speaking to her value in his ministry because she loves the church. And I said Phoebe is like the ultimate church woman, but this is important. I don't picture her, and I don't think she is the kind of church woman that's all buttoned up, buttoned up and says the right thing and does the right thing, and her faith is surface level. 
And even in these two verses, I think I can make that claim that she wasn't that way because of this. Phoebe was a convert to the faith. She was not Jewish by birth. And so I like to imagine that this is the kind of woman who has an unbelievable conversion story. And we don't know what her conversion story is, but I like to imagine that the reason that Phoebe is such a powerhouse behind Paul, the reason that she gives everything to serve and love the church and she is all in is because she has experienced the power of God in her life and she can't help. She can't help it but further the church. She can't help it but get involved financially and with her time and with her effort and with her energy. She has to. She's so excited. When I was in, in seminary, one of my first classes, I was sitting next to a girl, mostly men in the room, and I was sitting next to a girl, a girl named Natalie, and I said, hi, I'm Brooke. You know, tell me, how did you end up here? What's your story? What are you doing in seminary? And she looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, I've gone my whole life without anybody telling me about Jesus. And it breaks my heart. And I don't want anybody who knows me or meets me to not have been introduced to Jesus. I want every single person, because God has changed my life, I want every single person who knows me or meets me or comes across me at some point in my life to know Jesus. And so I want to, I want to study and be equipped so that I can share because I have experienced the power of God and I want them to too. And I'm, she's telling me this, I'm sad that nobody shared with me. It breaks my heart. And so I, I picture Natalie when I read this story about Phoebe, somebody who's just so overcome by the spirit of God, by the power of God in their life, that they just, they have to do it. They have to love, they have to serve, they have to care for. And that's Phoebe, that's her, she's all in. And it says she's a servant. Paul says she's a servant of the church. This word translates to diakonon in Greek. She was probably a deaconess. Even the most conservative, <clears throat> John MacArthur, uh, teachers say that likely she was a deaconess, believe it or not. She probably had a formal role in the church. And if you refuse to believe that she had a formal role in the church, I'm going to tell you what she would have done in this role. But um, even if you don't believe, she was so involved, it was so notable that Paul mentioned her in the book of Romans that lasts forever. Just think about that. So what would Phoebe have done? She would have cared for the sick and the poor. She would have cooked. She would have hosted in her home, opened her doors, fed people well. She would have cared for the martyrs that were in prison. She would have discipled young converts, young women. I love to think about what women's ministry would have been like in the early church. That's kind of fun. She, I picture her running it and not in a formal way. I mean, maybe she was, but I just picture an open door like a, you know, Kathy Plummer style before she was working at the river. Just kind of like, you know, walk in whenever you want. The door's always open. I mean, her door is actually, I've never seen it unlocked one time. This is not, I did not plan to say this, but one time I walked into the plumber's house when they were living on PV Drive North because the door's always open at the plumber's house. And I walked in the kitchen. Hello, is anybody here? I'm looking around. And all of a sudden this girl walks in and she says, hey. And she's giving me a funny look. And I said, hey, who are you? 
And she said, I live here. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, yeah, we live here. I'm like, I thought this was the plumber's house. She's like, oh, the plumbers moved six months ago. <laughs> so I walked into this random person's house, but I thought that that was cool because that's the plumbers. They're just open door policy. So I picture Phoebe this way. I picture Phoebe just open door, come on in. I'll host you, I'll feed you, get into my refrigerator. It's, it's okay, it's wonderful. So Phoebe is this kind of woman, and not only does she serve with her hands, not only is she a servant of the church, caring for the sick, showing hospitality, um, but she is actually the woman that Paul chooses to hand deliver the letter that is the book of Romans to the church in Rome. So picture this, Paul writes the book of Romans, puts the last period at the end of chapter 16, and hands the only copy. Who should I give this to? He's looking around, who would, and you know they say, um, you know, the busiest people are always the ones you can count on to get stuff done. I picture Phoebe, like she's, she is, she's got plenty to do. She's a working woman, she's a wealthy woman, as we'll see the last point about her. She's a servant, she's a sister, and she's a patron. Um, but she's working, and Paul says, her. I know I can trust her. I want her to be the one to deliver this letter. I would give this masterful, unbelievable, finished, pro I mean, the book of Romans is, is just so beautiful. I would trust her with it to take it to the church in Rome. And so Paul says, and look back at the text with me, unbelievable, all this stuff that we can get out of two verses, right? He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centria. Receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints. And I love that this word saint, I, the idea behind this is that Phoebe is set apart. She is set apart in the way she loves the Lord, in the way she loves the church. And so Paul is speaking to affirm Phoebe, but he's also calling the church to step up. He's saying, receive her in a way that, that is, what does it say? I need to look. Worthy of the saints. Worthy of the saints. He, Paul is inviting the church to receive this sister in a way that is so radical, so unknown by the world, the, with the measure of love and of invitation and of welcome that is just all the feels. I went to an engagement party uh, a couple of weeks ago for a friend of mine from college. It was down in San Diego. And I drove down, and, and my friend greeted me at the door. And she lives on the East Coast now. Most of her friends are out there. So she greeted me at the door, and I you know, was so excited with her. And we ah, looked at the ring and everything. And then I walked into the party. And it was one of those feelings where it's like, oh, should I have come here? I looked around, it's like, I did not know a soul. You, have we all been in that situation where you walk in, you're like, should I have come? This is kind of, you know, I'm gonna have to walk up to somebody random and maybe, no, I'm the only introvert, okay. <laughs> so I walk in and I have that feeling immediately in my stomach. And then my friend's father from the back of the room, I didn't even see him, lifts up his arms literally just like this, Brooke, you're here! And he picks up a glass of champagne and comes over to me at the door and says, I can't wait for you to meet everybody at the party. And everybody is looking at me at this point because he's just announced my presence to the whole party and I'm not significant at this party. 
these are like her lifelong friends from childhood and growing up and everything. And he takes me under his arm and he introduces me to every single person. He takes me around with him the whole evening, making sure that I, I'm acquainted with everyone and that he treats me like a guest of honor. And you know that feeling when someone invites you in and cares for you and says, hey, 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 you're with me. It's such a good feeling to be welcomed in. And Paul is inviting the church, hey, Phoebe, receive her well. Receive her in a manner worthy of the saint. And not just surface level receiving, receiving like a warm greeting, like Paul, my, ironically, my friend's dad is also named Paul, but receive her in a way that she knows you will help her, it says, with whatever she may need. And uh, there's a woman, her name's Sherry Campa. Many of you know her. She was um, over at Rolling Hills Covenant doing women's ministry for a number of years. And she's a spiritual director. And um, Sherry specializes in walking with people through deconstruction. And I love that the, this is the language that she uses because deconstruction is a really messy place. Deconstruction, whether it's your faith or family or background or trauma, is kind of unloading and unpacking and tearing apart all the pieces and kind of just putting them out. And the beginning phase of that is just really uncomfortable. And for someone to say, I want to walk with you. She has walked with me for years as I went to seminary and pressed into my faith and tested my faith and questioned things that I learned when I grew up. Is this what I believe? Is this my experience? Is this true? Is what I'm standing on solid? It's such an important process to, to ask God those questions, to go there and to have a safe person to do that with. I'm not saying everyone needs to go out and deconstruct. What I'm saying is Sherry is the kind of person who was there who was inviting, showing a measure of love and hospitality worthy of the saints to me so that I had a place to do real life, real processing with. And so this is the second level. You know, it's like there's a layer of invitation and warmth that we give to the body of Christ within the church because we are sisters and brothers in the faith, no matter how far we are on certain ends of the spectrum. I love that Paul chooses, makes the spectrum so broad, slave or free, Jew or Gentile, male or female, everybody fits in here. There's nothing outside of those bounds. Is there love and unity in the church? Because it needs to be there if we're gonna look outward and serve. Is it there? So you better welcome Phoebe. You better show her love and hospitality and care in a manner worthy of the saints. Help her with anything she may need. And she was likely going on business, so she's delivering this message. And finally, the third thing I wanna look at this morning is that she's a patron. She is trustworthy, she's dependable. She delivered the book of Romans. She's a sister and a servant, and she's a patron. If you look at your translation, it likely says in that final verse, Help her with whatever matter she may have need of you, for she herself has been a helper of many and of myself as well. This word, helper, is a, is a financial helper. It's a benefactor. It's a patron. Are you familiar with the word? So Phoebe, I love that she's involved not only with 
her hands and her service and her home and her cooking and her presence, but she is financially supporting a ministry that she knows the Lord is behind. What a faithful woman, right? She sees Paul and she knows God is up to something through Paul. And she says, I want to be a part of that in every way that I can be. And so I want to get behind you, Paul. And Paul recognizes, I couldn't do it without Phoebe. She has helped me. She has helped so many of you. And gospel patronage is this beautiful concept. Are you familiar with the term? It's getting behind somebody who is doing the work of advancing the gospel getting behind their ministry, saying yes to supporting what God is doing so that you are multiplying your efforts. And one of my favorite examples of this is Tyndale. You know William Tyndale? Anybody familiar with the name? No, maybe? No. Translate. Yeah! Okay, all right. He translated the Bible from Latin to English, or that was his vision and mission because he wanted everybody to have a copy of the word in front of them, to be able to read it from, for themselves. And he was eventually executed for this. But have you ever heard of Manmouth? No, no takers. He was the guy who paid for it. He was the guy behind William Tyndale who made his ministry possible. And God does this throughout history. He raises up people to lead and to preach. He raises up missionaries and ministers and organizations. And you know what else he does? He, he provides the people and the patrons to make that happen. And that is such an important role, that he provides the means through generosity. And Phoebe, what I love about her is that she is all in, in every way. And she says, even still, even though I'm giving everything I have, I wanna financially support Paul still. And this is beautiful because Phoebe knows that the work of the church is important and that the work of, of the church is eternal. There is, um, you know, there's a difference between philanthropy and philanthropists and gospel patrons. And I love thinking about it like this. It is so important, philanthropists. They are, philanthropists and gospel patrons are both recognizing that it's better to give than to receive. They are caring for people. They are um, giving to good causes. But the difference between a philanthropist and a gospel patron is that a philanthropist is supporting a good cause and a gospel patron is supporting an eternal cause. Phoebe is on the page where she says, I want to support the eternal cause. I wanna be as involved in the church as I can because this is what God is using to change lives to change the world, to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And I want to be a part of that. A philanthropist cares for a, people's physical needs and their, their mental needs sometimes. And a gospel patron says, I want to care for your soul. The thing that matters more than anything in the world. The thing that goes into eternity with you. A philanthropist cares for that treats the symptoms and a gospel patron like Phoebe goes after the disease. And it is so important when we are engaged in the church that we remember that what we're doing, the importance and the value 
of being a part of the local church, of caring for the local church, of serving the local church in the way that Phoebe does, in the way that Phoebe models. I could talk all the live long day about why it's important, but Phoebe models it, is that it's eternal. God is going to use the bodies of Christians, of the fellowship of believers to bring his kingdom of heaven to earth. The church is his beloved. And we are a part of such a unique body, aren't we? I, I know this is gonna be a little bit uncomfortable, but I purposefully uh, wanna cut this a little short because, do you want me to change mics? Yep. Oh, I can't move this one. That's okay. I want to cut this a little short because I could talk about the value of the church and about the ways that God wants to use the church and will use the church. But I think what would be much more impactful is for you to hear from each other, to encourage each other because we're different parts of the body playing different parts. That's okay. I'll step over here. Can you guys still hear me? the river? What are you excited about here in the future, right now? What have you seen in your life? What role has the church played for you? Maybe there's a person on staff or a person who serves at the church that has cared for you or that you want to just affirm or honor with just a couple of words. It doesn't have to be a lot. Um, And we're going to do we're going to do popcorn style. So, so you may get called on by somebody else and then you can't point the finger back to me. Um, but I, I, I think this is a valuable exercise because I want us to recognize that we are part of a unique body. We have been impacted by this church in profound ways. So let's, let's share a little love. Who wants to start? It can be a word about the river, what you're excited about, what you love about this church community in specific, what you see and love about God's big C church, a person that you want to affirm at the river, their ministry, what they've done, how they've served. Who's going first? All right.
Can you pick somebody? My name is Peter. I've met many of you, but not all of you yet. I'm uh, Amanda's husband, and uh, we're still relatively new to the river. And I think this is the second time that I've seen everybody. Thank you. Can you pick somebody?
Kelly, I think that's a perfect place to end. Were you excited to popcorn somebody? No, you're good. Okay. <laughs> I like sitting here because, I mean, this feels good, like a family chat, right? Like us looking around at each other, affirming each other, and the way that this church has served and loved us, the way that we are loving and serving and connecting. And it made me even aware, like, I don't know all of your names. And I want to know all of your names. And... Um, so thank you for um, sharing and being honest. And I love hearing that you know some people are new this year. And what a year to join a new church, right? So can I close this in prayer just from here? Is that okay? And the worship, and the worship yes, and the worship. But I want to close this in prayer. Thank you for this family, Lord. Thank you for Paul's intentional focus on relationship. Thank you for Paul's acknowledgement that ministry is a team effort, that we, we cannot be at our maximum effectiveness without each other, without the church. So I ask, Lord, that you would make us aware of the ways that you have gifted each of us, it says in the word that you have prepared good works in advance for us. So even the, the works that we do, you know what they will be. <laughs> and you've made us for them. And so I thank you for that, Lord. And I ask that as we move forward in stepping up and playing our part in the local church here at the river, that we would encourage people to join us in our efforts, that we would um, link arms and that we would not do it alone, but in community. Gosh, if there is, was ever a time that we needed community, it would be now. Show us how to do that well, Lord. Show us how to be unified as a church, loving and inviting and welcoming and generous, so profoundly generous that the world does not understand how a church could raise the salary of someone they don't even know. Because you say to love and you say to care for a widow. I'm so proud and thankful to be part of that kind of church where people enter in during a season like COVID and say, I feel like I'm connected to a family. For the first time at a church, I think I'm going to be known. Your spirit is at work here, Father. And I am so grateful. So I thank you for Phoebe, for the way that she illustrated with her life these values of service and generosity and that she is forever written in the pages of scripture to remind us of the value of serving the church, that she would be honored in the word of God for the way she served and loved the church. That's it. That was important enough to write it down for us to read it and spend a whole week talking about it. Thank you for this body. I thank you for our fathers. I thank you for our spiritual fathers and our physical fathers. And I thank you for 
for the Father, the perfect Father that you are, Lord. We are so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to invite you all to stand so we go ahead and jump into worship. Thee, 
Lord, that is our prayer this morning. That as we are the people of God, the family of God, we would surrender to you, your goodness, your faithfulness.
into our callings. Lord, you deserve all the praise. Just as you called Phoebe out as a woman, a deaconess of her time, Lord, you call each and every one of us out today into our destiny, into our calling, whatever that looks like, Lord. So out of that place of identity and out of security, Lord, we worship you. We give you the highest praise. We thank you for seeing us, for believing in us, for empowering us. So let that be that promise that we walk on this week, that we are known and seen by God, that we are known, seen, gifted, empowered, loved by God. So we give you the highest praises today and throughout the week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everyone. Thanks for worshiping. Thanks for dealing with the elements, that wind, man. Did you like how I came up in the middle of Brooke's sermon to try to help her with the mic? We're just doing church, you know? It's fun. But we bless you guys. Have a great week. Thank you, everyone online, for tuning in. Have a great day.